I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, I'm Josh Weller. And I am Alfie Brown. And this is the Dirty Air Podcast. Seb wearing a t-shirt telling us we're all going to die. Seb wearing his underwear over his race suit. Lewis wearing 4,000 watches and 900 necklaces. Mermaids. Lots of cutaways to fans screaming at the camera. Carlos Sainz cutting his head open. Lots of big helmets. <coughs> Crop tops. James Corden. Paris Hilton. Michael Jordan. David Beckham. The Williams sisters. Michelle Obama. That guy who likes trains. Fake marinas. Fake beaches. Fake yachts. Fake everything. And of course, some racing. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the 2022 Crypto.com Miami Formula One Grand Prix. At least the fake water wasn't the driest thing in Miami this weekend. Uh, ooh, that's ooh, good, isn't it? Thanks. Implying uh, that the race was, was dull, is that what you're implying? Well, actually, I don't think it was. I just wanted to make the joke. Uh, <laughs> I quite enjoyed the race. I knew as soon as this, uh, the first corner took place what was going to happen. And that sort of made the race feel more boring than actually I think it was. I think there were some quite good moments in it. I think I would sum up this race as feeling like a 2020 race, is what it felt like to me. It felt like it was a, a big dart for the first corner. Max took the lead. And after that, I was watching drips and drabs of safety cars, little bits of crashes, but there wasn't, I didn't see any racing this weekend. I felt like I didn't see much racing. I saw drivers making errors. I saw safety cars come out, which pushed the grid, which put which pushed the pack back together and it gave interesting starts. Did you see the unlapped cars allowed? What a fascinating moment. I don't understand how if you've earned lapping a car, how you lose that advantage when the race restarts. It seems to me like if Sonoda is going to sit between Max and Charles, when the race starts, that should he should just have to move out the way. I don't see. I don't think that Max like, you know, we, we give Max a hard time on this podcast, but he drove that race like a 2018 to 2020 Lewis Hamilton. He did, he gave a flawless race mm. performance that weekend. And it's not his fault that, that it was dull. Oh, yeah. He was just too good. And I will say, I think that it speaks volumes for Max Verstappen in a very good way that he didn't do any of the PR. He wasn't hanging out with Michael Jordan. He wasn't playing golf. He was just there to race. For me, this Miami Grand Prix perfectly encapsulates what Formula One is now in that it's all about what happens off the track and it's not really about what happens on the track. And they turned that up to a thousand this weekend. It's not like America's finally starting to love F1. Formula One is bending to the American way of sport. And that's fine. That is what it is. That was the great irony about the race in and of itself, is that it did all of this uh, pageantry, all of these, you know, huge glitzy assaults on the, you know, American vulnerability for, you know, putting on a good show. And ultimately, the one thing they couldn't get right that weekend was the race. 
because the race was one for the purists. The race was the one for the like, oh yeah, do you, we've been watching Formula One in 2014. You know, there was a, a few really good overtakes. There was a fun midfield battle. There was, you know, Valtteri had a cool race to uh, observe. George had a fun and lucky race to observe. Uh, Max had a consummate and gorgeous uh, performance. He didn't put a foot wrong. It's he's he's matured so much as a driver. Like back from when I started watching, when you first got me into it, when he was this eighteen-year-old nutcase, elbows out. Well, crash into me or move out of the way. I don't care. But I'm I'm driving this car in on this line, so I, I don't care where you are. And now to see him like, and I completely agree. I think that's a really interesting observation about the idea that he's not getting involved in doing kickups with David Beckham, and he is researching how uh, all the different tyres react on a brand new circuit. They are learning from Friday's mistakes. And I think actually the whole Grand Prix was like Red Bull's season in a microcosm, like getting in the bin in on Friday, having real, real trouble, and then using that and learning from that. And I think they've learned from their DNFs. And they probably have more information about their car now than other teams that didn't mess up quite so badly. I feel like if I had been in a coma and I woke up and someone went, do you want to watch the F1, which I hadn't watched for five or six years, let's say. I don't, let's, I don't know why I was in a coma for five or six years, but let's just say I was. And I turned it on and I saw Ted Kravitz dipping his toes in a swimming pool next to a mermaid and a fake marina. Like, you, you know it. You know the phrase yeah. jumping the shark? Like it comes yeah. from the show Happy Days where everyone said the show Happy Days start, stopped being good after the episode where the Fonzie jumped a shark. Fonzie jumps skis, a shark. Right? And I wonder, did we just yeah. watch Formula One jump the shark? Can you even jump the shark if there's no water in the marina? Is that even possible? <laughs> like, what Did F1 jump the shark this weekend? Or is F1 changing and we're just old men? Which one is it? Well, I don't have such a big a problem with it as you do. So maybe you're just an old man and I'm really cool <laughs> let's get to this week's formula one race review in last slash 10th place it's the lovely boys williams latifi and albon albon is looking fantastic and albon is showing himself to be a kind of really imp improved driver and I, I in the same way that kind of max is there's m many less risks there's much more maturity there's much more sticking to a plan that's great to see. Latifi, I don't understand how he hasn't exhausted everybody's patience yet. Oh, I think that's, um, it's because of money, <laughs> is my guess. I think it's because he brings a hundred and whatever million a year to the team. It's amazing how patient you can remain when someone's giving you hundreds of millions of dollars. Get get Latifi out, put Jamie um, Chadwick in. I mean, okay, look, credit where it's due to Latifi, he finished the race, which is... Hey. Uh, no, hey, he didn't go home and watch the dropout, did he? No, he didn't. None of that. He didn't go home and watch the new Star Trek series mid-race, did he? He had to sit in his dumb car and do all those laps and finish after everybody else. He was last in the showers at the end. The other drivers were probably tightening up their towels and whipping his butt because he got in the showers last after the race. <laughs> it would be so good if F1 drivers had communal showers, like a private school in the 90s. Yeah, or like your local swimming baths where you've got that old bloke with a kind of a tattooed bald skull who's gone for his weekly swim and he's got this incredibly intimidating soapy cock <laughs> this is the other thing that really got my goat this weekend was how much merch all of the teams were trying to flog like like a mid-level band on tour like they were all they all had their t-shirts williams had latifi did that shot of him in his racing jumpsuit with 
a Williams brand palm tree t-shirt, kind of like Superman. He was meant to look like he was Superman because he had the shirt underneath. But what it really looked like was that he was just ready to get out of the race suit and do what he does best, which is not be in the race. And (laughs) how many Williams brand t-shirts would Latifi have to sell to make up for the amount of damage he does to his car on a weekly basis? Um... I think it would do serious. I don't can't give you an exact figure, but I think it would do such severe damage to the cotton trade. <laughs> also, who's the buying a Williams T-shirt? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Like the whole thing. Like why we invest in sport is to not align ourselves with losers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was just the whole weekend was. I mean, Brundle's grid walk as well. I mean, what a, what a star! I God love him. Uh, long live Martin Brundle, long live the grid walk. You know, he got a lot of flack for getting everyone wrong. But uh, this is the other thing, you know, Martin Brundle was, you know, he's in his mid-60s. Like, he's not a young man. It's not his fault that he doesn't know every NBA player and every NFL player that was walking the grid. And it it Mm. was really, really fun this weekend. It was really fun to see all the Sky Sports hosts, especially the older guys, really having to lick the Miami Grand Prix's arsehole because they don't want to get fired. And like you could see them cutting away from Ted Kravitz talking to a mermaid in a swimming pool. And all of them wanted to go, that's a bit much, isn't it? And none of them could do it. How much like do we really expect or like, how much do we think the producers on Sky are going to say to Ted Brundle, listen, the guy's name's DJ Khaled, okay? <laughs> you need to learn more about DJ Khaled if you want to do this job, yeah? You want to be in Formula One, you learn about DJ Khaled, okay? <laughs> this is pathetic, yeah? Uh, but I know about racing lines and I know about, you know, the history of Formula One. I know about the journey of the end. Learn about DJ Khaled, okay? <laughs> and I also, a lot of the celebrities get a lot of flack for not wanting to talk to Martin Brundle. Why would you, why would you want to talk to my, like, well, they're like rude to him. And I think if you see James Corden on that pit walk and Martin Brundle tries to talk to him, then James Corden gives him all the time in the world. If you see Ellen DeGeneres on that pit walk, Ellen DeGeneres gives him all the time in the world because they're psychopaths, they're bullies, they know what to do. <laughs> Whereas you meet somebody who's just living an authentic life. Like, like, oh, can I talk to you? No, I'm talking to Tom Brady and David Beckham. Why would I want to talk to you? Just being honest. You're dressed head to toe in Charles Tirrett. I've never seen a man that looks like you before. I don't want to talk to you. Go away. I'm not asked. Yeah, but, they're, they're... but a psychopath will see the camera and go, yes, a chance to feel normal. No, but they, the, all those celebrities are there as a guest. They didn't pay for their tickets. They're there as a guest to Formula One. And like when you walk up and down Ugh. next to the cars and someone wants to ask you a few questions, that's that's... That's your charge. That's your. That's what your ticket costs is to go. Yeah, oh, it's a really great day. Um, I'm really excited to see. Uh, I think Red <laughs> Bull or, or Max Verstappen and Carlos Sainz. I hope that they have a good race. And uh, you know, it's just it's so amazing. It's so amazing to be here just to see all the technical things that go into these cars. And it's such a it's such a fanfare. Is all the fans? All see all the fans here today and uh, Serena Williams and that's uh, I. My Michael Jordan's here. It's just, it's the Formula One has arrived. You know, I know Formula One has been around for a hundred years, but it didn't arrive until it got to the fucking crypto circuit in Florida. Now it's arrived. Now it's in America. Now it's here. Now it's in a part of America that I can get to easily from New York or LA rather than Texas. Now it's arrived. Now it's so great to 
be here. It's so great to be here. <laughs> when you put it like that, I do accept the idea that these people should be doing more. Anyway, that's Williams. Aston Martin Aramco Mercedes. Mercedes bringing up the rear here with two engines on the bottom of the standing. Yes, Aston Martin in ninth. Seb Vettel. Uh, Seb Vettel was having a very, very good race until uh, until his he was uh, until and, and mate. Oh my God, hearing. You know what it was like? It was like um, when it felt like when I was caught smoking when I was twelve years old, and my dad didn't even get angry. He was so disappointed that he didn't even get angry. And when Mick Schumacher crashed into Seb Vettel and Seb Vettel went and he I think he said the C word he was like who was that that and they went oh that was um Mick Schumacher and you could just hear Seb go okay well oh no he was so disappointed in Mick um for ruining not just ruining his race but also I think Seb knows that Mick needs to pull his uh socks up and start not being quite as bad as he is um, uh, no, but Mick doesn't. He yeah. doesn't have the excuse of being in a crap car. He doesn't, and and he's got a lot of pressure on him because he's a Schumacher, and and at the moment he's he's not. Is he performing well? I don't know. I I love him. Everyone loves. Everyone wants to see. Well, he him. was. He was. He was today. And I mean, it wasn't. I don't think it was cut and dried. I think you know it probably was Mick's fault, but. It wasn't one of those things like he made a huge glaring error and like messed the whole thing up for everybody. Also, it's been five races. It's like, you know, he's getting used to a new, like he, he didn't have a car that was worth anything last year. Uh, had an appalling car. And now he's had a car that is worth points and he's had it for five races. I think it could be too early to, I know that he's he's a victim of his own expectations. Yeah, it's not time to make too many quick judgments. Hass are currently in eighth with 15 points, which I think is more points than they've had, I think, the last four years in Formula One. And obviously Magnussen had a, very much a non-race. Uh, I think the biggest part of the weekend for a lot of these drivers was the Wednesday night where they all stood on that big balcony together and came out like it was the beginning of Gladiators or like a WWE fight. Um and very much a non-race for him um, with Haas in eighth. Um, also, you know, going back to Aston Martin for a sec, I have a theory as to why Stroll had such a great race and, and finish in the points, which is that Lawrence Stroll was nowhere to be seen all weekend. My theory is is that Lawrence Stroll's wife, a.k.a. Lance Stroll's stepmom, offered him a foot rub in a hot bath if he finished in the points. And Lance, ever the eager stepson wanting to really, really welcome her into the family, drove his he drove his little Canadian heart out. All he could think about the whole race was, oh, my God, I'm going to get I'm going to get a foot rub. Maybe she'll suck my toes. Oh, my God. And she's daddy's away. Dad, and also the pressure. Daddy's not here. Daddy's away trying to sell my team. I've got to prove to daddy that I'm worth something so he doesn't sell my team and my life will have no purpose. Oh, my God. And my stepmom's going to fiddle my nipples if I. If I finish in the points, and you know what, credit to credit to Lance Stroll. His dad's trying to sell his team. His stepmom's his stepmom's trying to bang him, and he under all that pressure, he delivered and finished in the points. I have not. I've got a newfound respect for Max Verstappen and Lance Stroll after this weekend. You're a changed man. That's really good to see. If we can't grow as we get older, then who are we? Well, exactly. Seventh place, Alpha Tauri. Tsunoda finishing a very lonely twelfth, and a, a DNF from. 
Gasly after his little altercation. Again, too much time um, shooting hoops with Michael Jordan and um, making his shoulders look like uh, a Power Ranger and um, just failed to deliver. Yeah, but you've got to have strong shoulders to... You know, the shoulders are the the, the, the thing that's going to be your uh, controlling the steering wheel for you. They're going to heed the impact your shoulders of your crash. Are very... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, um, yeah, I think uh, very much a vanilla weekend for them on all fronts. I mean, they're in the standings in seventh. They're not having the worst season. But... I think it's uh, sweet that we also refer to the very back of the pack as the midfield. <laughs> Like we refer to the front as the front, but we refer to everything below that as the midfield, as if to humour them and go, yeah, yeah, you're the midfield. Latifi's in the midfield. Good for Latifi, you know? Two of my favourite things this weekend was um, Formula One gave away a prize after the race. So obviously $800 a ticket. They pumped millions and millions and hundreds of millions of dollars into the race. But after the race, you could win the cork from the podium champagne bottle. Isn't that nice? of F1 to give something back to the fans. A cork. After all those drivers are done jizzing their hot money juice over each other, the bottle cap gets mailed to a fan. What else might be nice prizes for the FIA to give away? <laughs> maybe they could um, Maybe they could have a... They could uh, ring out the uh, driving suits of uh, each driver and uh, give vials of driver's sweat away to... Uh, adoring F1 fans, or perhaps used used tissues. That would be nice. The cork. I mean, it's like the runoff. It's like giving somebody your, like, the crumbs of the little uh, canapé that your caviar came on, that little kind of crumpet thing. What do you call it? Bellini. The little Bellini that you put your caviar on. You have a Bellini. I've eaten all the caviar, but you can have a Bellini. Yeah, it's like, it's like finishing your dessert, leaving a mouthful, and the waiter comes over and being like, do, do you want to finish this? I'm done. I'm done. Do you want a mouth? Do you want the last mouthful of my pudding that I'm too full for before my cheese board? Of course. Those drivers put on hats that everyone wants. Those drivers put on $100,000 watches that lots of these people could, fans could use. You know, they could down payment on a house with one Richard Milley watch, and yet they give away the cork of the fucking champagne bottle. I wouldn't even mind a pair of shoes. If a driver has the same size foot as me, I would love a pair of those shoes. I guarantee you, no Formula One driver is more than a size four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd love to give some to my mum then. Like, you know, it's Mother's Day yesterday in America. It'd be great to get her something nice. One of my favourite moments of the race was uh, they kept cutting to this, playing this footage of this fan saying, um, you know, people say that they built a racetrack in a car park. Let me ask you a question. How many car parks do you know that have a beach, a marina and yachts? And I was watching it being like, well, not this one. <laughs> there's no beach here. There's no marina here. And there's no yachts here. They're all paper mache. And in sixth place in the constructors standings is Alpine, Macopine, Promopine. Uh, well, we had uh, in 11th place, um, there was something in the air that night. The stars were bright. Fernando Alonso. Alonso. Uh, Fernando Alonso. Um, yeah, I mean, Alonso and Ocon, again, I didn't see much of their racing because the Formula One thought it was more important to cut away to fans rather than showing a lot of this race. Um, but Ocon in the points, four points, finishing an eighth. Very, very good. Um, I think Ocon is... He's a driver that doesn't really... Um, he, he's not a Max Verstappen who's like, I refuse to do 
the press i don't want to hang out with michael jordan and i I don't want to you know get my face painted by paris hilton before the race he and he's not on the other side of um no no yeah i'll play golf with tom hardy he's not doing this he's not doing a basketball helmet what i love about esteban ocon is that no one even contacted him to do stuff this weekend he just sits in the middle of the pack he's that lonely kid in the middle of the bus where there's a spare seat next to him he's got a bag of harry bow you walk past and he goes hey do you want to sit down i've got a i've got a just william cassette tape that we can listen to and you can share my harry bow and you're like "Ah, i I think i'll I think I'll, I'll go sit with the other people. Thanks. Nice to see. What's your name? Yeah, Eric. Oh, Esteban. He's always smiling as well, isn't he? Like in that, like he's got the smile of a child who's learned how to smile despite everything. I feel like Esteban Ocon's stylist at some point during his Formula One tenure has told Esteban Ocon that he can't wear dungarees anymore. <laughs> Is, is this a Formula One podcast? Yes. Is this a Formula yes. One podcast? <laughs> I don't want to know if they're hanging out with NBA players. I want to know if they have dungarees in their wardrobes. Let's get to their real personalities. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And it does help, you know, construct these people as ideas of humans in our brain, how we're really going to understand them. And uh, dungarees is a good prism through which to understand Esteban Ocon, I think. Uh, fifth. Alfa Romeo Ferrari in Five. Uh, Joe Guan Yu. A no Joe. A, a no Joe. There was a no Joe uh, from. <laughs> a no Joe for no Joe. Joe Guan Home. Uh, um, Joe Guan No Joe Guan Home. Uh, zero points DNF. But time for Smacky Bop Bop Bop. Smacky Bop Bop finishing in seventh. Uh, I mean, what a treat. Again, what a treat for him to have Hamilton and Russell. He is uh, nudging their rear ends um, in more ways than one, race-wise and emotionally. He is right up the rear. He just screwed the pooch, didn't he? On that last, uh, you know, in, in the last moment. He absolutely, after a pretty good race, I was just on a podcast called uh, Planet F1. Uh, plugging our wonderful podcast and they their driver ratings gave him a five and I just I almost fucking burnt the thing down Josh they gave him a five out of ten yeah it's insane it's about the personality now that's what it is when people are giving the personality a five out of ten and because um, Valtteri Bottas isn't jumping out of an airplane before the race with Serena Williams like everyone goes oh he's bored I'll give him a five give him a five and and people don't he's he's similar to Esteban Ocon they would have been sat in very similar rows on the school bus together both one in dungarees and the other one in a, in a jumps in a shell suit and um yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Bottas is... Then Valtteri's the first one to grow a beard and suddenly people want to fuck yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. In the communal showers, Bottas is one of the first ones that got pubes. <laughs> You're like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, Bottas is just... Um, on on a form at the minute and, and and he's king in my opinion he is king of the midfield he may not be king of the midfield in statistics or results but for me the fact that he left that team and is competing with that team is it, it fills my heart with joy we've spoken about this a lot on the podcast the 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 being such a beneficiary of a, a new mentality ironically something who also rated five daniel danny rick could use a little a little kind of a, a a reset of his brain, I think, would do him the world of good. 
And I would love to see that for him. But we'll get on to them in just one moment, won't we? Yeah, well, let's do it right now. Fourth place, McLaren with 46 points. Um, Lando Norris um, Lando Norris and Gasly. Gasly hung out with Michael Jordan and uh, Norris had his little basketball helmet and they both sort of bounced down the track together like a like two basketballs, didn't they? After all the porpoising jokes that uh, Lando's <laughs> made, it was good to see him. Humbled. I think that's called being humbled. <laughs> but they are in fourth fourth place with 46 points. In third place, uh, Mercedes, who are, you know, this is the thing with Mercedes. Everyone's having a go with them, but they did finish. You know, we had the first to six was a lockout of the of the three top teams. And for Mercedes to be considered so far behind, yet still finishing fifth and sixth, you know, they are the best of the rest. They are the third best team. And it says a lot yeah. about not just their improvements, but it says a lot about how much they've dominated the sport for the period of time that they have, that they have a couple of bad races and everyone thinks they're terrible, yet they're still finishing fifth and sixth. Um, with uh, Russell in fifth, Lewis in sixth. I mean, Lewis really getting a little bit um, uh, rear-ended, no pun intended, on the uh, strategy, which allowed Russell to finish in fifth. But again, solid race. They seem, they seem to have worked but on that... their porpoising. Sorry, uh, I keep calling it porpoising. It's the brainstemming. Um, seems to really have been <laughs> have been worked out, but it, their 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 speed was better as well in this race. They'd managed to get that back up, it, like which you could see when Lewis was competing with uh, Alonso. Um, and I don't think like Lewis was rear-ended on the strategy like they preferred George. It was like the luck of the draw, wasn't it? Yeah, they started George on hards because he was so far back in the pack. He went just wait. There'll be a safety car in a minute. He lucked out. There was a safety safety car. Also, everybody's saying it's only good luck as he finished again for Hamilton. He drove himself into a position where good luck was an option. Like, without being driving really, really well, George never gets the opportunity to be a beneficiary of good luck. So uh, whilst he did get good luck, he also was brilliant. Uh, and I don't think that can be undersold. But it's not like he had a better race than Hamilton. Hamilton didn't put a foot wrong. And their pace looks like it's coming back. Yeah. Absolutely. Exciting. Second place, Red Bull Racing, Verstappen, Perez. Obviously, goes without saying that Max Verstappen had a pretty good weekend. Um, I think we've uh, blown smoke up his ass enough for one podcast. But yeah, I mean, what an exceptional race. Yeah. And just proving that he is yeah. there to race. He's he's He is famous as a result of his race results. He is not famous for trying to schmooze with slebs and i uh, i thought he had a his great personality yeah, no he's not uh he's not there on charm points is he and sergio perez <laughs> fascinating weekend to watch sergio perez say you know during a press conference to go you know i'm i'm ready to win a championship i'm here to win races i want to win races and that's why i'm here and i just kind of felt like being like is any should someone should tell him that he's He's Art Garfunkel. Someone should tell him he's second fiddle. Like he, why is he rocking the boat? What's happening? Just, just you're in the the best team in F one, but you're not the number one driver, Checo. Just, just calm down and play your part, mate. When when a football team has like a goalkeeper and a reserve goalkeeper, the reserve goalkeeper never says, "Yeah, I'm a reserve goalkeeper." Just here to kind of make up the numbers, basically. If he dies, I'll get a game. But until that happens, I'm more than happy to warm the bench. Like, nobody says that. They always think, yeah, I'm competing for first place. I'm here to kind of, like, win my place in the team. And everybody goes, that's never going to happen. But good for you for saying that. That must keep you, give you a little bit of pep yeah, they, uh, to go on your yeah, way. Yeah, they all want that's it, don't what, they? That's what Sergio's doing there. Yeah, they all want it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, of course he wants to win races. He's just not going to do it. And he understands that if Max is in a position, this is the thing with, like, uh, Hamilton and George. 
And Hamilton and George going at each other was really interesting, just to go back to them for a minute, because George took Hamilton and he gave the position back and he gave it back in a position where he would have DRS so that he could take him again. He was competing with Hamilton hard because Hamilton is not in a position to win a championship and neither is George. So there's no lead driver. There are, that's the thing is that, the you know, George and Hamilton this year, there's no head driver, no secondary driver. There's nobody making up the numbers there. They are, they're the righteous brothers. Does that work? <laughs> But Perez is the second. He's 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 Garfunkel, yeah, and he knows it. He's the best Garfunkel. He can't. He's the best Garfunkel, though. Isn't he, he is. He is. He's the best number yeah, two yeah. driver of for a long time because he's good at it, and he likes doing it, and he likes disrupting. He likes fucking up things for the for whoever's behind him, and he feels a sense of team spirit. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of drivers do feel team spirit, but I think Perez does because Red Bull gave him a chance. Whilst, like, you know, they gave a, a chance to a driver in his 30s who was, you know, spent most of his time at Racing Point or wherever it was. It I mean, I, I am taking the piss, but, but he, he is in a very, very difficult position. Every driver wants to be a world champion. That's why they got into it. They all want to be champion. Champion of the world. They all want that. They all want to hear their name mm-hmm. and be under that confetti. And it makes total oh. sense. But he's in a difficult position because he wants that. But at the same time, he's in an unbelievable place standing on stage next to Paul Simon every night. You know, <laughs> he can't just step out and go, yeah, yeah I'm going to make a mu- an album with African musicians as well yeah like I'm gonna do that you no, no that's Paul's job just stay in your lane like and it's a t- he's in between a he's in between a, a rock and a bull place it's a tough one for him he's navigating it so well though and I think he's he's taken to life as a number two driver better than we've seen signs Valtteri or anybody else uh you know, it's 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 a um it's teams at the top uh a phenomenon isn't it having a second driver mm. And and a, fir- and a and a first driver, like you know, Haas really aren't worried about who they're <laughs> first and second. <laughs> first place, a very a, a very a very spicy uh, lead uh, being uh, diminished and diminished as the weeks go by. Ferrari only six points ahead in first place. Um, Leclerc and Sainz in second and third. It was you know obviously watching Sainz crash and qualies and bash his head um, during F you know before the race was a bit weird and and very sad to watch him kind of buckle yet again under the pressure um but he delivered he finished third place he showed his worth he seems like someone who is absolutely exceptional at being level-headed after the races and 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 really building and and the team and contributing to the development of the car i think signs is such a value to ferrari um that i just want him to work out whatever that little cog is in his head that keeps jarring or or threading itself once he gets past that he absolutely has the potential to beat charles but they are good at that bastard car i what i would have liked to have seen this weekend is um the ferrari team get served a miami pizza and a miami bowl of pasta just to see their faces when a trough of pasta mm. a trough of i i remember being in america when i pulled up at a walmart on tour and i was like oh yeah i'm gonna get some cheese like, do they sell cheese in walmart and the americans on the tour bus was like yeah we love cheese in america and in my head i was like oh good i'm gonna get some nice comte maybe they've got some comte in walmart or a nice brie and obviously it was just 
burger cheese. <laughs> Sorry, but knowing that, that you were in a punk band and that you were on tour as part of a punk music festival and that you were going into Walmart thinking that you might get some Comte is incredibly funny yeah. to me. My musical palette is very narrow, but my palette when it comes to food... Yeah, very broad. I would have loved to have seen the Ferrari team in Miami this weekend. <laughs> I just think there's something so funny about the Italians in Miami. It's they're just, they would have felt so out of place yeah, yeah, the yeah. whole weekend. You call this pizza? Getting a pizza that, getting a pizza that is dripping with grease. <laughs> yeah. And it's huge. It's the size of like, it's the size of a Pirelli tire, <laughs> sodden with kind of like that, that kind of rouged grease that you get atop pizzas. The, the Ferrari pit crew's realization when they're in Miami that their pizza has a sausage in the crust. I would have given anything to see that. <laughs> <laughs> That's our race review. Uh, very quickly, um, Alfie, what song defined this race for you? If you could pick a, a modern pop song that you think defines the 2022 crypto.com forward slash all American fun time freedom hashtag never forget Miami Grand Prix, what song would it be? Uh, well, because we've just mentioned the Righteous Brothers, I'm tempted to say you lost that loving feeling. But actually, I think I'm going to go with uh, My Chemical Romance is The Black Parade. Why? Uh, because of the dystopian uh, sort of celebration. If, if you'd shown me the Miami Grand Prix 20 years ago, or like maybe when I was 18, the world is full of this sort of thing nowadays. But I think I would have gone, oh, no, we're probably near the end of the world. Just... <laughs> That's what the that's what the Miami Grand Prix maybe because sometimes you you know when like everything that you see now is in context like iPhones nobody thinks iPhones are weird nobody thinks the Miami Grand Prix is weird because we've all been building up to it all this time but without anything that preceded it then suddenly seeing an iPhone like in two thousand and two you go oh no oh no it's got Twitter on it and everybody's ang and horrible to each other. In the same way that, like, you know, you go, like, oh, they're doing champagne, they're playing, like, you know, Bizet at the end of the race, and they ba 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 and the whole environment of what a race, you know, was, or what it used to be, you know, a few celebrities start turning up to pit walks, and you go, oh, right, right, right. And then suddenly, fast forward 20 years, and you see Ted Kravitz with his feet in a pool with a mermaid, and, like, a marina built on a car park, and and Daniel Ricardo in a crop top. I would have gone, ah, it's the end of the world, isn't it? Yeah, mermaids. Uh, why? Because we're in Miami. What? Yeah, exactly. Why, what, where, what, 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 how is that a mermaid's from Miami? They can't actually bring American culture <laughs> into Formula One. It would be a nightmare. It's much easier to go, oh, yeah, here's some mermaids and here's some funny hats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actual American culture would just involve an enormous pizza and a school shooting. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Very quickly, let's do the questions. Okay. Um, we have a question from Samantha Thomas. Who would you rather have as your funkle, brackets, fun uncle, out of the older drivers, Vettel, Alonso, or Hamilton? I know that we're both going to say the same driver here. Alfie, who is your... I don't think we are. Who's your funkle? Alonso. Oh, my God. You're such you're such a little nerd. That's not true. That the only reason you want Alonso to be your fun uncle is because you think if you go out with him, you'll pull. Yeah. 
Like, obviously, and that's also, but no, 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 no. If I want a wise uncle who's going to teach me about the ways of the world, who's going to teach me how to love well, who's going to teach, like, I'm not getting drunk with Vettel. I might have a pint with him. And then after two, he'll go, okay, okay, well, I need to be getting off now. And I'll go, oh, God, you're not, you're fire. Come on, uncle. Whereas Alonso will take me out for schnapps. And 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 he will start hitting on the waitress, and then he'll go, "Hey, do you have a do you have a, do you have a daughter for my for my nephew?" And she'll go, "Ah!" And then we will have fun. Alonso <laughs> is the right answer. Alonso is the right answer. <laughs> Alonso will. You'll go to the toilet, and you'll come back to the table, and he won't be there. And you'll hear, "Hey, Alfie!" You'll turn around. He'll be at the table with seven women. This is Jessica, Tina, Amanda, Barbara. <laughs> da, 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 da. Oh, this is my nephew, Alfie. They've got a chalet up the road. We're going to go back to theirs now. He's, yeah, he's the right answer. No, I want Vettel. I want Vettel in an oversized T-shirt telling me about global warming, wearing pants over his trousers, showing me how the pizza oven works. And then you know, and then at the end of the evening going, hey, I must show you. You know, I've, I've really gotten into beekeeping. You must come and see the hives first thing in the morning. I'll wake you up at 5 a.m. That's the right time to go visit the hives. That's what I want. Okay, well, we're, we're, I think we're both right. And what we have is different interpretations of the word fun. I know that uh, Samantha, who asked the question, she was very much plumping for Vettel. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for this week's Dirty Air podcast. Um, if you like the show, please subscribe, leave a comment, um, tell your friends, keep doing posts. Honestly, the reaction to this show has been really, really amazing. And we're so pleased that people are connecting with a Formula One podcast that is um, lighthearted and fun. And also, I just want to close the show by saying that um, if you have um, Amazon Prime, uh, please listen to Alfie Brown's special uh, that just came out this week. Just watch it because it has one of the best Formula One jokes I've ever seen. I haven't seen many um, stand-up comedians do Formula One jokes, I will say that, Um, which makes it easy for this to be the best Formula One joke I've ever seen. But it is a brilliant joke nonetheless. And Alfie, can you get Amazon to cut the joke up so we can post it as a reel uh yeah i'll definitely post it as a clip at some point fantastic and uh, congratulations on the special thanks very much mate my name's josh weller and my name is alfie brown and this has been dirty air when i was a young boy my father took me into the city to see a marching band He said, son, when you grow up, would you be the savior of the broken, the beaten and the damned? He said, will you defeat them? Guys, I don't understand what happened. They're like, how are we so far off? Just to nick it. We need blue five position 14. Blue five position 14. This is spectacular. It's amazing to be allowed right in the middle of the competitors just before the race starts. Yeah, now you can see they locked in. It reminds me of myself. Uh, the real focus. Okay, it's not Patrick. That's why he ignored me in the beginning. But what is your name, sir? Paolo Vampiro. Right, okay. Well, I thought I was talking to somebody else. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Whatever.